Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. This is a big deal bigger than any other deal this is this is the big deal this is one of those things that is a requirement in our faith it's it's one thing that is not optional you know and that is baptism and they're doing it they're making a life change and so your support and love will will be very important and needed there at five o'clock amen all right good got that out of the way i'm pumped up i cannot wait take me to the water ain't that that he's still in the baptist church anyway so we're going to do that Let's get into this message. Today, you know, it's such an important message that my whole, every year I do life goals. Every year I do annual life goals, things I want to achieve. And so this year, this message is so important to me that my entire 2013 goals are built around it. It's so important, this message today, that at the end of this series, we're going to jump into a message strictly about a series strictly about what we'll be talking about today. It's that important to me. And it's so important to me that you get it. And what we're talking about today is living a life with margin. I'll be honest with you. When, when I first became familiar with this term margin and uh, tried to apply it to my life, it made no sense. What do you mean? I'm, I mean, math, we learned about margin, and in the books and in English, we learn about margin in terms of, 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 you know, when we read the books and we see that there's space on the, you know, inside, and that's the margin. We learned about that, but applying that to our lives, how does that work? And so uh, being an ARC pastor and being a part of the ARC, uh, which is an association of related churches, one of the things that Pastor Chris Hodges, who's a, a really phenomenal man, speaks about often is margin and how as a church we need to have margin, operate with margin, always have excess. So we're going to talk about that today and how important it is. In order for you to have your best life ever, you must operate with margin in your life. Now, just to bring it current, the past couple weeks we've been talking about how you can have your best life ever. The first week we talked about it has to start with an authentic, real, nurturing relationship with God. You cannot have your best life ever without having that type of relationship with God. On week two, we talked about how you had to have relationships with real people, real relationships with people, people that God has assigned you to, people that God has intentionally placed into your life, not just for seasonal, but for a reason. You have to have a relationship with God and have real authentic relationships with people. Please understand, we serve a relational God. He did not bring you on this earth to be by yourself. If that was the case, he would have stopped with who? Adam. He would have made Eve because he wouldn't have needed more than that. He's intentionally brought us here because he wants us to have relationship with each other. He likes to have relationship with you as well. So it starts with your relationship with God. You also have to have an authentic and great relationship with people. 
and you have to today live a life with margin. You all familiar with this term margin, right? Here's margin. Margin is, is, is defined in so many ways, but we're going to use, I'm going to give you two definitions about regarding margin, okay? Two definitions of margin. The space between your current load and your limit. That applies in all facets of your life. The space between your current load, meaning your workload, your load of money, because some of y'all are loaded, uh, your, your, your schedule load, your, 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 your extra, extracurricular activity load, and your limit. That's definition number one, margin. Here's the other definition. The amount available beyond what is necessary. Again, that applies to every facet of your life. Your time, your money, your workload, your schedule, it applies to all of that. It's the amount, the excess, the extra stuff. We all like to live a life with margin, right? Think about it. Our highways are designed with margin. The, the roads on the highways are not built to fit exactly the body shape of your car. They're built with a little bit of cushion on each side, correct? We, if we could afford it, Many of us, if not all of us, will love first-class flying. Why do we like first-class flying? The seats are cushiony? No, it's more space. It's more margin. I'm not right up against the person right next to me. We love margin in our lives, but when it comes to personal things and personal matters uh, in our lives, we won't put margin in there. I'm going to give you some examples. But before we do that and get deeply into this message, let me pray. Let me make sure that this is uh, blessed. Eternal God in heaven, thank you for this opportunity to present your word. God, today I pray that I I remove myself completely out of the way. And God, I make all room for you. God, this is a message that I know is important to you. And I pray that in sharing this message, I honor you with it. God, I I want to remove myself and, and make sure that the voice that the people hear is your voice, that the image that they see is not mine, but yours, Father God. I want to represent you into the full today. So God, if you would, release me, give me license and permit me to do your thing and honor you with your word as today we unpack what it means to live a life with margin. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture for this entire series has been Proverbs 29, 18. Now, in, in other versions of this, you've heard it read one way, but the New Living Translation says this, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild, but whoever obeys the law is joyful. You may have heard it in other uh, texts that say like this, people uh, perish for lack of vision. That may be another translation, people perish for lack of vision. It's the same thing, but what, what that vision is, is the divine guidance. Here's the guidance. God has called us to live a life that has limits. We can't live a limitless life. We're not built to do that. Even God, when he, when, when, he built the, when he built the world, he took a break. He didn't just keep on going. He could. He had all the power in the world to do that. He is God, but he stopped. He paused. He had margin in, the, in, in that. Some say, well, he, he stopped because he wanted to look and see what, he, what the process was so far. And, you know, others would say, no, he just chilled. He realized, I don't have to keep going. I'm God. I can just chillax for a quick second, and then we'll continue on. Even God took a break. 
But we, in this society, in, our, in, our, in, our, in, in, in this modern Western world of ours, we have this desire to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. We're trying, every time there's a blank in our schedule, we have to fill it with something. We don't take a break, and what happens ultimately is burnout. And what could really be ha- would ha- could happen is tragic because it can eventually result in death, in death can result in moral failure if we don't set limits in our lives. I want to share with you today something very important about margins. I want to share something with you. When margins, this is the first note, when our margins decrease, when our margins decrease, this is what happens. So as our margins shrink, and we, and, and we run out of space, this is what happens. Our stress level increases. That's your first note. When margins decrease, our stress level increases. Our focus narrows. And our relationships suffer. And that's across the board. Your personal relationships, your relationship with God, your work relationships, When we don't have margin in our lives, all of these things suffer. And 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 the question I have is, well, why do we live these lives limitless? Why do we live our lives without limits? Why? Why? Why why do we live our lives without limits? I want to share something with you. Watch this. Because this is a sort of new phenomenon, just want to let you all know. Right now, Currently in America, we sleep two and a half hours less than people 100 years ago. We sleep two and a half hours less because we're cramming so much more stuff in. And I hate when I hear people say, oh, if there was just a little bit more time in the day. And I say, God has had the same amount of time since the very beginning of a time, and generations way before us got everything plus some done. But we don't have enough time in this fast-paced technological world that we live in. If I had more time, you got all the time you need plus some. You got all, some of y'all even, it it applies to money. Some of you all, this is the most money you've made in your life, but it's not enough. Some of you all, your schedules are like just, just packed with stuff and we constantly feel we need to fill it. Why is that? Here, here what I like, here's what I would like to suggest. We're afraid of missing out, being left behind, or not being significant. Or mattering. This is why we cram our stuff, all this stuff, and this is why we don't have margins. I can't be missing out on something. Oh, hey, 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 let's go out, let's go out, this and that. And your first thought is, no, I'm too tired. But then you start thinking, well, if I go out, I know they're going to come talking about how much fun they had and who was out and who they saw and what they did and all of this stuff. I don't want to miss out on that. I don't want to be left behind. So, so I'm going to get 50 million degrees, and I'm, I'm, taking, I'm, 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 I'm going to get my bachelor's. I'm going to get two bachelor's. I'm going to get a master's. I'm going to get a, 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 an MDiv, and then I'm going to get a PhD. I need to fill all of this stuff because I'm afraid of being left behind by my peers who are super educated and super rich but also super in debt. 
I don't want to be left behind. I don't want to be the one that does not succeed according to my peers' standards. And so I just cram my little life with all of this stuff that in the end is not going to get me any closer to what I really need to be worried about, and that's my entrance into glory. Because what you're doing when you're cramming all of that stuff in, you're making your time, your lifespan a little bit shorter so you may see glory or maybe not sooner than you want to. Because you're living a life without limits. And we're not built or not made to do that. Just like a car engine, it doesn't last forever. They don't build, Ford didn't build one car and that same car can drive today when he first designed the very first, what is it, the T, the T something or other? He didn't design that car and that's the same car that you drive today. It's the same car we'll drive tomorrow. No, eventually the engine will break. And we're a bunch of engines here on earth that will break if we don't live a life with margin, if we don't set time aside, if we don't set finances aside, if we don't intentionally set up time to meet with our peers to just say, hey, how you doing? Can I, can I, can I, can I confess? I'm guilty as charged. I'm not telling y'all something like, like, like I got my stuff together. Oh, man, I'm, I'm overextended. I'm sitting here, had two cups of coffee, and I'm, I'm still tired. Overextended. What am I chasing? I'm chasing paper. Literally, I'm chasing paper that has a value on it that I believe that I can go get, that if I don't get it, if I don't go get this gig, somebody else won't get the gig, and then I won't have the money, and then I won't be able to pay a bill. I am chasing the same paper, but I'm not the only one. I'm in a room full of paper chasers. Can I be honest? Can can we talk about it? And because of that, I get home at midnight when I should be home in the Word. But thank God I studied my Word all week. No margin. But I'm not the only one. And this is why this is so important. And I'm not going to get too detailed into it because guess what? On December 16th, which is my birthday, by the way, y'all can make that in your notes. Make that in your notes. Anyway, we will start, that's a Sunday, we'll start a brand new series on margin, and we're going to unpack it for hardcore weeks. We'll skip one week because we'll have our Christmas service, and I'm really pumped up about that, man. we got so many people jumping in and partnering. I'm getting checks so we can take care of these beautiful families. And so it's going to be really exciting. But on December 16th, we're going to really detail stuff. I've been reading this book, and it's called Margin. Is written by a doctor by the name of uh, Richard A. Swenson, right? And this is what Richard says. Watch this. There are four areas of margin we must maintain. Four areas. You can write this down. This is in your notes. Four areas. Emotional energy, physical energy, time, and finance. Now, what I love about this book, it's written by a doctor, a medical doctor, Right? But he takes a biblical approach to explaining how we can actually make the adjustment in our lives with margin. I love it. Four areas. We need, we must have margin in these areas. Emotional energy, physical energy, time, finance. The doctor said that, not the pastor. So don't go frowning at me. The doctor said that. The Ph.D., the man who wrote this book with all of these great reviews. It was on the New York's bestseller. Again, this is what he says. 
Here's how you're going to live a life with margin. Ready? Keep your emotional tank full. Keep your emotional tank full. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. If you are running on fumes, y'all have heard that saying before, when you are in your car and the, and, 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 and the line is like just on E, then it gets just a little past E, and then they say, whoa, you running on fumes? Well, when we're living a life without limits, when we're living a life without margin, we are, in essence, like that car. We're running on fumes, and eventually we won't make it to our destination because we'll run out of gas. And so the first step in, in, in living a life with margin is keeping your emotional tank full. This is what I know. If we look at this list of four that Dr. Uh, Swinton says are in, uh, in important margins to have, physical, uh, emotional energy, physical energy, time, finance, let's go down to the bottom three, physical energy, time, and finance. Do you all know that if we get the emotional part in check, all of the others will work out? Watch this. If our emotional tank is full, if we, if we are suddenly hit with a financial crisis and our mind is steady and we're even and we got balance in our life, we can sit there and literally first pray, right? Secondly, we can figure out an, a way to get out of this, a resolution, because God will speak to us. But if we, if we don't have our emotional tank full, if we're running on fumes, the minute something happens drastic in your life, you what? You panic. And when you panic, what do you do? You make poor decisions. What do they say for, for anybody in here who can swim? They say if, when, you, when you feel like you're about to drown or, or you're in deep water and you're drowning, don't panic. Why? Because you sink faster. And it's the same thing with our lives. When, when, we, when our emotional tank is half, it's, it's, it's just right there, and we're, and we're running on fumes, and, and we begin to panic, whoop, we're going to drown. The water of distress, trouble, and, and, and anxiety will cover us, and we are drowning. So you fill your emotional tank up. How do you do that? That's, that sounds easy. Broderick, tell us how do you do that, old wise one. Two things you need to understand about a tank. Any tank, whether it be a fish tank, a gas tank, any tank, they all do two things. They fill up, they drain out. Your emotional tank is designed the exact same way. You can fill it up, but then there are things that drain it out. If you notice on your paper there, there are three spaces for each area. There are three spaces for things that drain. There's three spaces for things that fill. Now, what are those things? We're going to start with the, the draining part. What I want you to do today, today, is think about things that drain from your emotional tank. Now, I'll give you some examples. What are the things that drain? Things that take away from it. It's very simple. Y'all, I don't have to get into this. It's elementary. Things that take away are things that drain. What takes away from your emotional tank? I'll be honest. Let me tell you a couple of mine. These are some of the things that take away, take, take energy from me. One, budgets. I hate sitting down looking at the budget be it my personal budget or the church budget. Why? There's no margin. So automatically, when I know there's no margin, and I know my wife comes to me and says, honey, we need to sit down and talk about the B word. I'm like, oh, immediately I'm drained. 
because I already know there is no margin and what our conversation is going to be is not good. When I have to talk with B, we exchange emails because I don't want to deal with the reality of there is no margin. And that if something happens, when we're living a life to the full, when we're living a life without limits, if something happens, there's no room for error because I don't have any margins. So that immediately drains me. The other thing that drains me is, is, is being around negative people. I want to just line negative people up and with my percussion hands and go, ah, slap them all. Slap them all. They drain me like nobody's business. Soon as they say one negative thing, I'm like, just melted. Shut up already. You're always negative. Say one thing positive. Oh, woe is me. Fool, you're breathing, aren't you? Oh, woe is me. Didn't you just eat a meal that you actually paid for? You, you ate out. Oh, woe is me. Didn't you just put gas in the car? It's a hoopty, I know, but you put gas in it. You own it. There's no note on it, and it drives. Stop your complaining. Shut up already. They drain me like nobody's business. The other thing that drains me, because I want you to know, there are positive and good things in your life that will drain you. There are good things in your life that will drain you, and it's okay because you need, because here's the other thing that happens. There is overflow, and you don't want overflow because that will rot your engine or mess you up. That will block your engine up. There has to be balance, right? So there are good things that will drain you, and it's okay. One of the good things that drain me, it, like, takes my energy, is excessive counseling. Being there for people who are hurting and all of that stuff, I love it. That's what I'm supposed to do. Before I was a pastor, I did it. I love it. But I have to admit, it does drain me. I love it, though. I want to be there for people. But when you take on other people's burden, it's a natural thing that's going to happen. When you take on their burden, you take on their hurt. So it's going to take some of your energy. But it's a good thing. That's one of those good things that drain me. Homework with my kids. It's a good thing. I love it. But it drains me because the language is different these days. The way we used to do stuff is totally different. Now they do it all different, and I feel stupid. And it drains me. I said, I was good in math. I got a Regents diploma from high school. What the heck is this stuff? It drains me. Can I be honest with you? Let's talk about some fillers. I want you all to think about those things that drain you. I start with that because sometimes it's hard to identify those things that fill you up because, you, you know, because of the draining. Here's the things that fill me up. I'll tell you the things that fill me up. The first one, most of y'all will know just by looking at my hands. I love when I beat on the drums. I'm in Africa, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Brazil. I'm all over the country, all over the world. When I'm banging on those drums, I'm in a place that's just me, the drums, and God, and we having a conversation. And I love it. And I can bang on those things all day long. That fills my tank up like nobody. It overflows my tank. I can go for a long time after banging on my drums. The other, things that fill, the other thing that fills me up, sometimes I just like to just sit in my office and, and put my headphones on. And, and, like, I have a very, very wide variety of music I listen to. 
everything. I mean, literally, there's nothing under the sun I don't listen to. I listen to Celtic music, all of it. And I just put it on, just mix, and just let all that different music just pour into me. And I'm just like, oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that's wonderful. And I'm just full because I listen to music. The other thing that fills me up is intimate time with my wife. Don't go too deep into that. All of the above, if you're wondering. That's conversation. That's date night. That's private time. I, that fills me up to just have a great conversation with my wife because normally we're yelling over the kids to say something to each other. Jer- Jared knows. He's seen it. Just sitting down and having a real conversation with my wife for a cup of coffee or a glass of wine. Yes, your pastor drinks wine. It's okay. Jesus made it and it was all right. Intimacy with my wife is so fulfilling. Or hanging out with some of y'all, man. I love it. Like, you know, conversations with y'all. Those are just a few things that fill my tank. Now, you think of some things that fill your tank. You got the drain. You got the fill. Think of those things. And here is what you ultimately want to do. You want to fill your tank far more than the, your, your, your tank should always look like more stuff filling it than going away. If you got more stuff draining it and less stuff filling it, you're about to burn out. You're going to crash. Your engine is going to get blocked up. So you need to think about those things that fill you up and do them. <laughs> do them. It's been a while. Some of y'all sitting here thinking like, Oh, I used to love going to the park and grab my little journal and just write. I used to love going to the park and just taking pictures of families. I used to love going roller skating and doing the backwards thing and, you know, doing the crossover stuff. I used to love that, and you haven't done it in years, and, you, and you're wondering why you're feeling miserable. Because you stop doing that, and you're filling your tank with, or you're draining your tank with stuff that's not filling your tank. Begin to look at those things that's draining you. Hanging out with your girlfriends or your, or, or your homeboys all the time, and it's like, I'm not getting nothing from it just but hanging. Stop it. Staying late at the office when you're on salary, they're not going to pay you extra anyway, and they can't fire you. Go. My, my contract says 9 to 5. 501 is all you got, Jack. If you can fit something in within 60 seconds after my allotted, committed uh, contract time, you got it. Because most of y'all, that's what's draining you, your work, your job. And you feel that, oh, I got to do it. If I don't do it, then they're going to look at me as a slacker. They're going to think that I'm, a, I'm not producing. Bump that. Tell them, share this message with them and see if they don't change their mind. You know what? I need margin in my life, too. Thank you for sharing this with me. You get a bonus. I love Proverbs. Proverbs is just these little nuggets of wisdom that I love. And so Proverbs 12, 25 says this, worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. Worry. When you start to worry about stuff, you start to worry about your finances. You start worrying about if I'm going to miss out on something. If I don't get to such and such place, I'm going to miss out on this opportunity. If I don't do it, you start to worry about that, it just brings you down. That's draining. Another one, Proverbs 15, 13. A glad heart makes a happy face. A broken heart crushes the spirit. You ever walk into a room and just see somebody mean mugging just Just bring your energy down. Be like, man, what's wrong with you? Nothing. Why you say it like that? Nothing ain't wrong with me. I'm all right. I'm happy. You're not happy? What's wrong with you? They need their tank full. A cheerful heart is good medicine. I love that. 
If I'm happy, if, I, if my emotional tank is full, oh, my God, that medicine is so good. I don't, need, I don't need NyQuil. I don't need DayQuil. I don't need any of that. Just fill my tank up, and I'm all right. All right? Move on. Number two, slow down and rest. Slow down and rest. Remember, we're going to go deeper into all of these things on my birthday. That's my present to you all, December 16th. All right? Exodus. I love Exodus. How do, how do we slow down and rest? Observing the fourth commandment. What is the fourth commandment? Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What is the Sabbath day? It's the day of rest. It's the day that God stopped everything he was doing. like, stop. Chillax. Woosah. All right, now I'll continue. Let me tell you a secret. I've learned that you can, Sabbath is not just a day. Sometimes you have to have Sabbath hours in your day. Literally. You're jammed up. You, you got so much going on, you don't even know what. You got a pile of nothingness going on, and you're like, where do I start? What's going on? And then people just keep knocking on your door. Hey, 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 can you, I need a deadline. Can you get this done by 5 o'clock today? Girl, can, I, need, I need you, girl. I got stress in my life. Can you talk to me? This, boy, this dude is acting out again and blah, blah, blah. Listen, the kids are driving me crazy. It's all of this stuff, and it just adds on to your, onto your pile. That's a Sabbath hour. You know what? Phone off, ring her off, lock the office. Light me some incense or freight, whatever pretty aroma I need in my office, and I'm going to put on some Celtic music or some classical music or something without lyrics because I don't need that jacking me up, and I'm a woosah for a straight two hours. I'm not going to answer the phone. That's hard to do because, I, like I said, some of y'all take your phone to the bathroom. You take it to the bed. It's under your pillow. If it vibrates, you <laughs> hello. Y'all let your phone run your life, man. My father-in-law had a com- and I had a conversation about that, man. He's like, you know, we're so attached to it. It's just ridiculous. You know, we got the earpieces in. That just makes it even more easy for us to look stupid. He's sitting on his stool. Imagine walking in somebody's house and they're sitting on the stool talking to themselves. That's just weird. Hey, man, yeah, no, I'm chilling, man. You know, yeah, I'm, you know, that's stupid. We're so attached to our phones. And, I'm, and my wife and I talk one day, says, remember, can you remember when we didn't have phones? It was okay. See exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Thank you, Byron, for that example. It's on the, I, uh, on the podcast, too, that Byron Delgado let his phone ring during service. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> hey, my phone is off. <laughs> Listen. There was a time we weren't so attached to our phones, and it was okay to be lost. I mean, so okay that our parents would say, go and play, get back here before the lights come on, and they didn't worry about your behind until the lights, when they started getting dark, street lights going to be coming on, and then they're looking to see if your behind is running or skateboarding or whatever you do to get home on time or riding your bike or whatever. Now we feel the need to give our kids cell phones when they go and play because we want to be able to check on what you're doing, honey. I'm playing. What else you doing? Still playing. I'm still being a kid. We're so attached to these things that our phones take up more time than we imagine. 
We're always interrupted by phone calls, text message, social media, whatever. And then we fall behind on work and we're supposed to leave at 5 o'clock. We don't leave till 7 because we've had that many interrupters. That many things stop us from getting what we're supposed to get done because everything is so important. Stop it, y'all. Margin. You're going to burn out, man. I promise you, you will. A couple more scriptures here. Matthew 11, 28 through 29. Then Jesus said, Jesus, Jesus, he said this. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Isn't that simple? Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest. But we can't find the time to do that. We don't have margin to come to Jesus to get the rest we need. We don't have margin in our schedules to just pray. We don't have margin to just sit and meditate on the word. And, and for the record, your, your, your Sabbath, if you need to take a Sabbath hour or a Sabbath day or a Sabbath month or whatever, I mean, God doesn't say don't have fun. Just honor him with it. I mean, okay, I'm going to take the day off, and I'm about to get uh, wilding out, wilding out. That's cool. Let's dance. Give God his time in your rest, in your time away from the world. Give God his time because it's because of him that you are, la- are able to take a Sabbath. Somebody can say amen to that. We're so busy filling up our schedules with stuff and not life. I, I love what, 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 what God says in Revelations, Revelation 3.20. He says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal together. And we'll share a meal together as friends. God is waiting for you to give him some time. You ever go to somebody's house? And before you even get out your car, you hear the music blaring. And you start banging on the door, bang, 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 kick, 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 bang, 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 kick, kick, kick. Let me text them because they, their music's so loud, they, they don't even know I'm out here. And I'm, I'm just trying, you try all these forms of communication. And you're so desperate to get in there to your friends. So you start going, so now something might be wrong. The music might be loud and they might be laying there dead, so you're worried. So you go around the house, you're looking all up in their windows and see if you can see anything. But what's really going on is that they're just inside their house having such a good time, they couldn't hear you on the outside. That's God knocking. Hey, remember me? Remember when you called upon me when you had a need? Remember me, the one you were asking to pull you out of some distress? Remember me? But you're so caught up in your marginless life that you don't even know I exist anymore. Knock, knock, knock. I'm here. And if you could just hear me for one second, I promise you, and you open the door, are we going to eat together? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna eat together, you and I, me and you, one-on-one, and have some intimate time together. But your world is just so busy. You don't have time for me. And it's not just in prayer. Me is serving. Me is fellowship. Me is church. Oh, my God, there was a time we didn't work on a Sunday. Now I talk to people. Oh, man, I can't. Yeah, I work on Sunday. I got to pick up these out. What? What? So you work this day, this day, this day, this day, this day, this day. You don't have a day off. You're chasing paper. You're going to burn out and not even enjoy the paper you're chasing. Let's move on. Here's a simple one. Number three, start earlier. Whoa, that's deep, B. Start earlier. Start earlier. 
This is what happens. You got to be somewhere at 7 o'clock. You don't wake up till 6.30. Try to rush. You tell yourself, I'm going to take a quick seven-minute shower, which turns into 15 because the warm water feels so good, just banging up off your skin, and then the soap is smelling so good, and you're all lathered up, and you then took what was going to be a seven-minute shower, a 15-minute shower. You got 15 minutes to get from uh, Cobb County to Buckhead on a Monday. At 7 o'clock in the morning, guess what? Ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. So you're rushing. God forbid, check this out. You leave with enough time. You're feeling good. Your emotional tank is full, right? I leave. I I left 40 minutes early because it's going to take me about 30 to get there. I'll get there with 10 minutes to spare. I have margin. Here's what happens when that margin shrinks. You're in the car, boom, somebody was rushing because they didn't have margin in their lives, so they have an accident, and now all of a sudden, you have to be somewhere when the big hand gets on the 12, and that hand keeps moving away, and as that hand moves away from the 12, and your margin of 10 minutes that you had starts to go little by little, so it goes from I had 10 minutes, now I got 8 minutes, now I have uh, 6 minutes, now I have 5 minutes, now I have 3 minutes, the more those minutes dwindle, the more your stress builds up. You didn't have enough margin. And why didn't we just say, why didn't we say, why not be there 30 minutes early? Because that's what you start telling yourself. Had I left and not sat there and listened to Frank Ski for another five minutes on the radio to hear what he was talking about, which was not going to benefit me, I probably would have made it on time. Had I not sat there at the house to see what they were talking about on Fox News or CNN uh, for that last five minutes, that was such an important thing I had to see, what cost me this job interview, I would have made it on time. And what happens? The anxiety builds up. Your emotional tank, oh, it's drained. It went really fast. Like, and you got to go to this interview, wherever you're going, and you're all mad now. Think you're going to have a good interview? Not. You can fake it, but they're going to see the sweat on your brow. They're going to see the frustration in your face. And if you got eye makeup on, they're going to see that come down just a little bit because you've been sweating, worrying about how you're going to get there. Your tie is all frazzled. Your shirt's all wrinkled from the perspiration up under you because you're worried about being there on time because you didn't start earlier. Start earlier, go to bed earlier, to get up earlier, to make margin for yourself. I have, my margin is I'm up at 6 o'clock in the morning, every morning that I can be, sometimes 6.15. Why? Because I know I have at least, at least an hour to myself, at least, unless somebody has a nightmare or not feeling well. I know that, and that's my time and God's time, and it's so beautiful. It's quiet. I can pray. I can think. I can just sit because that's my time. It's a sacrifice I have to make. That means that I go to bed early so that I can guarantee that I get my time early to myself. It's that important to me. The other thing I do, my wife will tell you, people call her because I leave my phone downstairs in my office when I go to bed because here's what I know nothing that's going on in your life unless you are like right if you unless you are like standing on the cliff getting ready to jump 
will change if I can get to you sooner. I'm telling you, it won't. I'm not that, I don't have that kind of power. So whatever's going on in your world in the middle of the night can wait till around six o'clock in the morning for me to address. And that's why I leave my phone downstairs. Unless, even if you go to jail, I can't do anything till the morning anyway. Nothing I can do in the middle of the night for you that will change your circumstances. That's why I leave my phone downstairs. But some people, so desperate still, I know, I got an Erica number. Is Broderick there? Yeah, he's asleep. And he ain't gonna, and he told me not to wake him up. So I'm letting y'all know now, in the middle of the night, unless you stand on the ledge getting ready to jump, don't call pastor. I'll see you in the morning. Amen? No amens on that. Ooh, wow, you saw that? He said, they're like, hmm, what good are you? What good are you? Listen, I'm your pastor. I am not your savior. We are different people. But there's margin. If I'm out on a date with my wife, best believe my phone stays in the car. That's her time, and she deserves it. If I'm out at a game with my kids, that phone is quiet on silent. I am giving margin to my family. Final thing, and we're out. Number four, put God first in the area of finances. Put God first in the area of finances. Y'all familiar with Malachi 3, 8 through 9, chapter 3, verse 8 through 9? I'm not going to even read it because y'all know what it says. Other translations will say, well, a man robbed God. And they say, how did I rob you? Well, you robbed me of your tithe and offering. And then, you know, us modern church folks say, oh, that's Old Testament tithe and offering. No. Let me share some news with you. Malachi predates Jesus 400 years. The book of Malachi was the last time God spoke to a generation. Many theologians will say we had 400 years of silence from God. The next time we hear about God, according to the Bible, was when John the Baptist begins to say, God is speaking to me about a Messiah that is coming. God is telling me about a man that's going to do some wonderful things. Prior to that, the last time we hear God speaking is in the book of Malachi. And this is God saying this. And then his son says later on in the New Testament, tithe, yes. Yes, tithe. But don't forget about these other things. And what happens is we look at our money. I'm guilty. I'm I'm guilty. We look at our money, bills, 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 bills. And, and it's funny, the bills always come before you get to church on Sunday, right? It, it's designed that way, that the bills are going to come before you get to church on Sunday. So you're going to pay those first when you get to church. Here's what's left over. And Broderick said, you know, give our best and make tithing our goal. And I'm saying, true, but give to God first. I don't care if it's not a tithe. Get whatever. Give your best to God first. You know what your best is. And your best should not be dictated by what your bills look like. Your best should be dictated about your heart. It's all about your heart. The biggest competitor for God is money, not the devil. Devil's not even in competition with God. Money is, though, because we rely on that to give us things that only God can give us.
The biggest competitor for your heart is money. Give to God first. The amazing thing about it, Malachi, he doesn't just say, oh, you robbed me. He says, test me. Oh, I, wish, I have a person. I'm not going to say her name. Some of y'all have been a really good friend of mine. We had a conversation last week when we were talking about just faith in God. And I was, t- I was telling her, it's like, you know, it, it's been so hard. You know, I mean, I've been really out here trying to bust my butt. And, and God is saying, don't do not trust me. And so I've kind of kind of laid back a little bit. And I was like, as soon as I laid back and stopped, you know, trying to figure things out on my own, God was like, thank you. Now I get to do, now I get to be God. Or like I tell my kids, can I be daddy for a minute? And that's God. Can I be daddy for a minute? And I told her, so I stepped back and I stopped trying to figure out. And God just was like, thank you. Now here. And he takes care of us. And this person was like, oh, B, it's just so hard. And, oh, I mean, Right now, I got more month left than money, and I just don't know. And part of me wants to just pick up any job I can. And I said, sis, where's your faith? Have faith. Put God first. And I remember she, gave, she made a, a really nice donation to the church. She couldn't really. She didn't have it. She did. I talked to her. No joke. What's today? Sunday. It was uh, Friday morning. I talked to her. And she's like, I'm like, yo, so what's good? You know, she's helping with this Christmas party that we're getting ready to do for these beautiful families here in Mableton. And we're talking. I says, man, where, where you at? She's like, oh, I'm in New York. Got a call last week, right? Like, I, like the month was about to end, right? And, and I had this much month left, but this much money. And then I get a call saying, hey, can you come up? I have a job for you that will cover for the next couple months. I says, what happened? She says, I believed in God. And I gave to him first. And what did he do? Poured out a blessing that was more than she even expected. And it frees her up to do the things she loves. That's a real story. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see if I can get her to come in and talk to y'all. I probably don't even have to because I could ask any of you in this room, has that happened to you? And you all, many of you can say, yes, that has happened. Put your faith in God. Put your trust in him. Put him first. Try it. And he says, test me. Literally, if I were you, this is what I did. I said, you said, test you, okay. I'm, I'm, if you don't come up, if you don't show up like I need you to, it's going to be me and you. Here. And he multiplies it. Ah, we'll talk about that later. I was about to go somewhere. We'll talk. We're going to get more in depth in this. When, when, when is that? What is that day? this right. This is the principle I want you to get, and I'm going to open this up on my birthday. The principle is this, percentage priority giving. Andy Stanley presented this, and it was so amazing. Percentage priority giving is the principle. In essence, every single one of us in this room lives off a percentage of our income, right? Some of us have a 401k, we have medical uh, benefits, and so by the time we get our check, we're living off of, let's just say, 10% comes out of your 401k and then your benefits, so that's about 20% or whatever. So you're living off of 80%, right? Some of us are living off of, oh, yeah, she's doing the math. It may be more. I'm just doing a rough number. That's high. Some of us, I mean, really, some of us are living off of 80% of our take-home income. Some of us are living off of 50%. Watch this. 
Some of us are living off of 150% of our take-home income. Well, how's that possible? You're in debt. You're borrowing. You, you, you've taken out a second mortgage. You, 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 your credit cards, you, you've overextended yourself. There's no margin. And without margin, margin causes us to make decisions that, 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 that make us have even less margin in our lives. That, that's my story. I didn't have any margin. My savings was depleted. I said, I'm going to go out here and just work a security job or whatever I have to do to make my ends kind of at least come close. They may not ever meet, but I want them to at least see each other from a distance at least. And God says, what, you don't trust me anymore? Come on, homeboy. Just take a look. Have I not taken care of you this whole time, dude? And I was like, you know, you're right. Because guess what? The minute I trusted him, my wife got a call to do a contract teaching gig in Philly that, that takes care of us for two months. I was like, oh. Do my little run. That's how God works. And since we're all living off of a percentage, because this is what happens. There was a time when we said, you know what? I can't live. It's hard for me to tithe. I can't, you know, I can't give 10% to the church. Technically, they originally were given 20%. There was 10% tithe to the church, and there was 10% actually to the pastors and the preachers and the priests, those who took care of the church. 10% went to the building, to the maintenance of the place. The other 10% went to feed the, the, the priests. So it was 20%. And then all of a sudden, we become... In this Western world, I, I can't tithe, and I, I can't afford that. And, 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 and God's like, yeah, give, give me just 10%. You can live off the 90. We're like, no, I can't afford that. So Uncle Sam says, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to tax you 10%. Oh, you learned to live off of that, didn't you? Oh, man, I can't. You know, you want me to tithe when the tax man is taking 10%, so that's going to be 20% of my income? Oh, I can't, I can't live off of just 80% of my income when the tax, and then you want me to tithe, that's 20%. I, I can't do that. So the government says, you know what? We're going to tax you 20%. And every time the government does that, God is like, you can live off of what I asked you to live off of. You just won't do it. You won't trust me with my money. You won't trust me with my money. Did I not say I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you won't even have room enough to receive it and some of us look at that as like wow that means god is just gonna pour all this money into me no if money is your blessing you got the wrong idea baby we'll leave that alone i just can't wait to touch it here's your homework assignment okay it's a big deal big deal do this today please i want you because i want you to be ready for this we're gonna really tackle this when on my birthday. Not this area, but we're going to tackle this. I want you to sit down. If you have a spouse, sit down with your spouse. And I want you to figure out what percentage of your income are you currently living off of? What percentage of your income are you currently living off of? I want you to figure that out. Because before we go into 2013, I want you to set a goal of a percentage that you will live off of and do not deviate from it. We're going to set that same church goal as well. We're going to say we're going to live, we're going to budget, we're going to operate off of this percentage, period. No questions about it, no deviations, no matter what. I want your lives to be that way as well. This is for you. This is for you, for you, for you, for you, for you. Nobody probably has ever presented that to you. We're presenting it to you today. I want you to do that. So look. 
what percentage of my income am I living off of now? And then we'll talk about it uh, on, uh, ne not next week, on in December. Or I mean, later in this month, all right? That's all I got for y'all. Quick announcements and we're out. Today is baptism. Please, if you can make it, it's just up the block here. If you can make it at 5 o'clock, I want y'all to support Tia and Greg. They want y'all support there. They would love to see y'all beautiful faces. This is y'all family. They're making a big decision today to be baptized. And I'm telling you, heaven is smiling down upon us, really pumped up and excited. Be there, 5 o'clock. Pretty please? That's it. I want to tell y'all that. The other thing is, outside here, we have a volunteer sign-up sheet. I need, I need y'all to respond to that because we're, we're getting down to the wire. December 23rd, we will not have service here. December 23rd, we will not have service here. We will have a celebration just up the block here at the South Cobb Community Center, okay? We're going to celebrate 10 families. Can I tell you about just two of those families? One of the families that we'll be celebrating is a single mother of 10 foster care children single mother of 10 foster care children that need help this holiday season. Can I tell you another story? The other family is a single father who just got custody of all nine of his kids. Single father who has custody of nine kids. Those are two families that we're going to be loving on. And I want them to feel extra special extra special. I want them to experience the hand of God like never before, but it, re it requires y'all to be there. It requires y'all. I want them to come in and first thing they do is see somebody wanting to embrace them or hug on them or love on them, giving their kid dap, attaboys, and just having a good time with them. I need as many bodies as possible. Sign up. We'll figure out where we're going to put you. Just sign up. Let me tell you what we've got so far. We've got some donations. We've got uh, a caterer who's donating her time. We've got an interior designer donating her time to decorate the place. We need some people to help them with that. There'll be three shifts. We'll give you far more information. Just sign up. The event will happen from 1 to 3 on that Sunday, December 23rd. We'll need people two hours before. That means we'll need you there at what, 11? We'll need people two hours after. That means from 3 to 5 to help clean up, set up, clean up, and then we need people in the middle to serve between 1 and 3. Just sign up. We'll figure it out. Where are you going to be? Amen? That's very important. Do that. Also, uh, we need some canned goods. If you can bring those, let's bring that. I want to send each family home with a bunch of uh, canned goods and stuff. So even though we're feeding them on the 23rd, I want to be able to make sure they have food on Christmas Day. Amen? So start bringing canned goods. Uh, some of you have asked about uh, letterhead and, and tax ID. I have that. I'll have an actual official letter for you by Tuesday, by Tuesday. And if you want that letter to present to your employer or your peers or whoever, I'll have that. I'll give that to you. You can send that out. It's on our official letterhead, which we just got in today. Thank you, B, uh, Brandon. Uh, so if you need that, let me know. Tithe and offering, let's do that. I've noticed since I've stopped asking you all for it, you don't give it. So I have to start asking you all for it. So here's the deal. I, we need your tithing off in a major way. If you have not given, if it's your first time with us, we don't ask you to participate. You're not required. Uh, we ask that you give according to what God says to your heart. You know, if God says, hey, give, 
then then please do that. What we do with the funds here is we we do we give it back out to the community. Okay, so we need your tithe and offering. If you don't know what a tithe is, it's ten percent of your pre-tax income. Before Uncle Sam takes it, God wants ten percent. Give your very best offering today as you leave. The buckets will be out here. That is it. Five o'clock. Uh, Vinings Lake Church around the corner for baptism. Amen. Let us pray. God, thank you for this time we've spent together. I pray, oh God, that the words from this message just bypass the ears, but rest solely on the hearts of the people here today. It's such an important message, God, that we do live a life with limits, God. We know that you set limits for us. You've not uh, designed us to live without those limits. And so, God, I'm asking that we really take these words serious and apply them to our lives today to live a life with margin, God, so that we may have time to truly, truly honor you and uh, have intimate time with you, Father God, just, just really showing our gratitude for you being such an amazing and big God that you are. I thank you for everybody here under the sound of my voice, God. I pray that their weeks are blessed, that their days are blessed. And today, God, we're just so pumped up because today there, there are people that are recommitting their lives through baptism to you, Father God, to live a life that honors you and looks lot, a lot like your son's life, Father God. And so today we celebrate that. We're so excited, and I know that you are so pleased and so happy. And so we're going to celebrate that today. Bless that ceremony. Bless the rest of this day and the week. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And if any of you still want to be baptized, you may do so. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.